0: Hey, Sweat Sisters, welcome to the Pretty Girl Sweat Show, which highlights women who are balancing demanding careers with a healthy lifestyle and hurtling over personal and professional obstacles. I'm your host, Aisha DeVore Branch, and each week I have a sister to sister chat with an inspiring go getter, and listeners learn how good things come to those who sweat. If this is your first time listening, what up? You could be anywhere in the world and you're here with me and I really appreciate that. If you love what you hear, take a second to subscribe to the podcast so you get updates every time we drop a new episode. If you got half a second, leave a rating which will help other Sweat Sisters in need of some inspiration find our podcast. If you have a minute, please follow us across all social media platforms. We are at Pretty Girl Sweat on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter and YouTube. Use the hashtag PrettyGirlSweat when sharing this episode. And if you have five minutes, please leave a review and let us know how we're doing. On episode 33 of the Pretty Girl Sweat Show, certified celebrity personal trainer and personal chef Ingrid S. Clay stops by. The Lafayette, Louisiana native graduated with a degree in physics from Xavier University, a degree in electrical engineering from North Carolina A&T University, and her MBA from Simmons College. What's so cool is that her science background influences the way she views her fitness and nutrition programs, making them way more effective with lasting results. Tune in to learn more about the competitive bodybuilder's journey and why she is a firm believer in taking care of the soul as it is the core of who we are and it's where we find balance. Ingrid Clay, welcome to the Pretty Girl Sweat Show. Hi, thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. I'm so excited to learn more about you this morning. (laughs) I'm excited to be here. (laughs) Well, um... I always like to start from the beginning. Um, Can you give us a little bit of background about your childhood? I want to know about your family and what it was like to be you growing up.
1: Um, Growing up was a lot of fun. Um, We, you know, I grew up in the country. actually grew up on a farm. My grandpa had, like, cattle. He had gardens. Um, So, farm to table was, like not a big like it was a normal you know it was so normal growing up um all of my family lived next door to each other too <laughs> oh wow <Okay>. no,
0: <laughs> like which relatives lived next door to each other
1: girl so like i mean it was uh so there's all it was always family over um <laughs> and uh you know that could it always be good or bad but um we always were together. And we always did stuff together, you know, holidays. um, We're always celebrated together birthdays. So, you know, my, my friends were my cousins growing up, (laughs) you know? Uh Um, And, you know, I, I just, you know, grew up in that overprotective, you know, food is the center of our world kind of family. Mm -hmm. And while it was definitely like Southern Louisiana, cause I, oh, I grew up in Lafayette, Louisiana. So it was always like, you know, that Southern home cook meals, you know, made with love. So there was, there wasn't always the healthiest, but you know, the food that we had always came from like outside, like my grandfather's garden or someone else's garden that okay. grew this. So we used this. So, you know, it was always, um, I always say, you know, it was always good for you because they were treated good in a way. Even like the what? cattle. I used to talk to the cows and then they would disappear. <laughs> oh, wow. I know. It was, it was like, where is so-and-so? Oh, <laughs> uh, he's in the freezer. <laughs> oh,
0: no. <laughs> Wait, but who was the cook in your family? Was it like your mom or was it a grandma or was it your dad? Oh, honestly,
1: all. So like okay. my grandma's op- are amazing cooks and bakers. My mom cooks, but the men in my family cook, they throw down. So, like, my dad cooks breakfast every single morning. You know, even my stepdad, he's like an amazing cook. My brother, he's an amazing cook. Like, all of my uncles can cook. Like, the men in my family can cook. My grandpa can, like, throw down. Like, it's crazy. I love it. Yeah, so I grew up with men who can cook, <laughs> so when you date a man that can't, you're like, mm, I don't know. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, there was no, like... No one did one role like, you know, I I saw men clean. I saw men cook. You know, I saw women. My mom worked a full time job and she had little kids like so there was no like, quote unquote, male and female roles. It was like, what works best for the household? I'm going to do it.
0: When did you start cooking?
1: My first, well, I started folding sweet dough pies at three, standing on a stool with my grandma for like the church bake sale. But my first cooking class I took at six. Wow. Yeah. That's early. I'm like, that's early. <laughs> so i trying to get cooking. my
0: kids to make an egg. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I started so early. I remember I was, um, I think it was 10. And I invited my grandparents for dinner, and I made oven fried fried chicken. I made a pecan pie. I made uh, mashed potatoes and peas, and I thought it was the biggest deal because my grandparents were there, and like I had the table set, and it's like I made dinner for you guys. So that was like that was a big deal. Yeah. A oh. deal. There's a big deal. It's
0: grown adults that can't do that, Andrea. Grown adults. <laughs> So that
1: was um, that was when I started, and then you know you've arrived when you when you ask the family, can I bring a dish for Christmas, and they're like yes or no. So they were like yes, you can, and I was like yes. So, you know, we all start kind of like with that one dish and then you branch out and everyone looks forward to your one dish and everyone has- What's your
0: dish? What's your dish?
1: My dish, when I first started, was mac and cheese, but it was like an elevated mac and cheese. So I did like a large shells with like three types of cheeses and it was really, you know, quote unquote fancy. My cousin was (laughs) like, can you just keep it simple? I was like, No. Um, yeah okay okay it's been fun
0: (laughs) well let's go into high school a bit did you play sports in high school I I
1: did I ran track in high school I um I was also a jumper I was on the dance team but then I was also in the physics club
0: (laughs) so
1: so I was good everywhere (laughs) right Um, fitness was always part of our, like my mom ran track in high school. My dad played basketball in college. Like, so fitness was, um, very important in our lives. My mom always lifted weights. She would work out to Jane Fonda. She would add weights. I always saw like muscle and fitness hanging around. Like, so, and my mom also taught aerobics, like, um, at the local, park, she would teach in the park center. So I would, you know, control her music. So the fitness was a huge part of our lives growing up.
0: Wow. So you would say she was probably your biggest inspiration. Yes. Oh, awesome. Okay. So when you were playing a variety of, you know, sports and very active in school, was there a coach that really motivated you as well that kind of gave you a push, whether it's on the track or even off the track? Um, I, w- I
1: would say that, you know, the coaches that we had were amazing, but I used to kind of study Carl Lewis. Mm. Because I was a jumper, so I would sit down and I would watch his. And this is—I'm not gonna say how old I am, but I used to watch his the tapes, (laughs) the VHS tapes, and I would watch them in slow motion, and just so I can like pinpoint every single step he would make and how his body would change, and I would listen to everything I can find on him. And you got to remember, like you know. I'm really the internet had kind of just started, so I was relying more on like the library, like audio tapes, like what can I find, and I'd I'd read like articles that he would write about health and fitness. And I think a lot of people didn't know, you know, Carl Lewis has been vegan forever, and that was one thing that I didn't see then that I know now. And I'm like, oh my god, like I couldn't, I never read anything that said that when I look Mm -hmm. back on it, Um, which is interesting.
0: Very interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that as well. Yeah. Huh. Okay, all right. So was so was he your main push too with like changing your diet or you know were you inspired by that or this came not, later on?
1: Not changing my diet. No, that's this came later on. But he was okay. my main push in sports, in, you know, being the best and also yeah. the mental, you know, dedication that goes into anything that you do. Um, He was big on mental health and focusing. And, you know, that those are terms, you know, that we didn't quite understand. You know, he talks about meditation. I didn't know what it was. I was raised, you know, Catholic. So I was just kind of equated to like, well, I'll go and pray about it, (laughs) you know. So there was a lot of, you know, things I didn't, you know, know then, but that I was introduced to and I heard. So I always feels like they kind of plant seeds. And when you get older, you're like, oh, yeah, I get that now. Like, I, you know, I totally get that now. Um, And I think that's just part of your journey. Totally.
0: So you then made the transition to college. What made you decide to attend Xavier University?
1: Um, Well, initially, (laughs) um, I did not want to go to Xavier. My friend was going to Howard and I wanted to go there to be with roommate, roommate with her. But my mom applied me to Xavier cause she was like, this is the furthest you're going to go. And my cousin was going there at the time. And so, yeah, she's like, well, you got into Xavier. Congratulations. That's where you're going. Um, in hindsight, you know, everything works out as it should. I had an amazing time at Xavier. Um, the focus was mostly academics. Um, because I decided not to run track. But I uh, I loved every minute of it. I think um, at Xavier, I took a very untraditional path as far as education goes. You know, um, Xavier's known for their pharmacy school and pre-med. Um, but I majored in physics and engineering. And why? My dad was... Um, big on electrical engineering. Um, and he ended up teaching like engineering, but I, I don't know. I just had a knack for it. I loved physics a lot. That's just the science behind it was behind energy. And again, like all these little things, like these little seeds, you know? Um, so I loved the, the science behind everything has energy Um, and later on in life that translates to thoughts. Every thought has energy. Um, it could be high energy or it could be low energy. It's up to you. But, um, I, I just, I loved physics. I thrived in physics and, you know, at that time too, you know, it was more like, well, you got to go to college if I'm, if you know, if we're putting you through college, And that means that you need to do something that'll quote unquote, make money, you know, (laughs) growing up, you know, you, it was either like lawyer, engineer, doctor, you know, those are the things that will make sure you have like a good career and a good life. And so, you know, um, making that change was kind of like pushing against a lot of my upbringing, um, and, you know, kind of creating a. A space for myself and saying that you don't have to do these three things to be fulfilled and are successful in a way.
0: Yeah, but that came later. But what did you hope would happen? <laughs> yeah, exactly right? huh? what, did you, what did you hope would happen when you graduated college? Like you, you know, what was your goal? What job did you think you were gonna get?
1: Um, I. you yeah. I thought I was just going to get like a, I guess, a good job that I found interesting. And I did, you know, I had a couple of job offers when I graduated, (laughs) you know, to work at a couple of engineering companies. I ended up working for Gillette as an electrical controls engineer. Um, As when I was there, I also got my MBA at night. Um, And I also stayed a little bit extra and got an entrepreneurial certificate. I went to Simmons college for my MBA, which the MBA program at the time was all women. And I found that fascinating to be surrounded by women, you know, in the, in multiple industries who were working on their higher education. So you were able to share things on a more, um, kind of like, uh, intimate level with what it's like to be a woman in corporate America, what it's like to be a black woman in corporate America and, you know, what it's like to quote unquote, break through the glass ceiling. Um, so that was, um, that time at Simmons, you know, working on that was worth, I can't put into words how meaningful that MBA was, you know, it wasn't just an um, MBA. It was, um, It was almost like a condensed life lesson. That's great. (laughs) Yeah, it was. It was pretty awesome. And the people, you know, Simmons had speak to us for leadership conferences were like, you know, Hillary Clinton, Oprah Winfrey. They were they were very much driven by wanting, you know, women of all colors to succeed. And I thought I, I mean, I just
0: think that's amazing. It is. Yeah. So you, so you're at Gillette, you're getting your MBA. I mean, you're doing all the things (laughs) and then what's the biggest risk you Um, ever took for your career?
1: Well, I, for my, I I would say the biggest risk I ever took for myself was quitting. Mm -hmm. Um, like I was doing great there. I got to travel. I love the people there. Um, there, there comes a point for me where I'm like, well, what is, I don't, what was my purpose? Like I I just reached a point where it was like, I don't know if this is what I should be doing for the rest of my life. I don't feel like I'm making any kind of changes to anyone. I don't feel like I'm giving anything to anyone. I don't, I didn't feel like an inspiration. I didn't, I felt like, okay, well, this is cool. I'm traveling, I'm, you know, I'm making razors. <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> like, you know, what uh, this can't, you know, it was almost like this can't be it. And it's funny to people, you know, they're like, well, I had my midlife crisis. I think I had my midlife crisis at 26. I was, like, uh-huh. <laughs> it was so funny because I couldn't bre- Like it was my 26th birthday and I couldn't breathe. I was I like, I had anxiety. I stayed in bed all day. And I was like, this can't be like the end but I'm going to just stay here and work till I get old. Like uh, this doesn't sound like the life for me. <laughs> cool. So, um. It was quitting and trying to find, well, what is my passion? Like, what is my purpose? You know, um, I always felt like I was meant to, you know, I don't want to say be bigger, but like there's this like, and I'm like, bring up Lil Wayne. But there's this Lil Wayne quote at the beginning of one of his songs and he was like, I feel big like colossal. And he's like, but not like in weight big, I just feel big. And I just felt like that bigness was almost being shrunken down because I wasn't living up to my potential of who I really am in a way. Mm -hmm. So I like quit and I was like, I don't know what to do now. And so there was like, you know, a period of like trying to kind of find myself in the middle of all of this as well. Like, what should I be doing? I worked at as a consultant for some time, my MBA was in international marketing. So, um, you know, I worked for some like medical spas at the time, you know, I did consulting and, you know, I was like, this is okay, but you know, it's not me. And then, you know, during this time, I also found that I was a little overweight, um, more, more um so overweight for who i was i was always physically fit but you know sitting in corporate america you kind of like gain weight and i was uncomfortably heavy for for me at the time so during this transition of not working you know i um you know decided well let me get you know fit And I read, I did a lot of like, kind of like research on that. And, um, I ended up, um, reading about, you know, caloric intake and, you know, macros. And this was before macros was like the, you know, the, the hashtag word, you know, and, um, I kind of figured out my macros to lose weight and, um, it, you know, it, it happens. I, you know, I lost the weight But I didn't, I was just kind of like skinny and I didn't like that look. So I went in and started tweaking stuff and reading about maintaining muscle mass. And I wrote um, a program because I have the engineering background. So I kind of wrote my program to figure out my macros to maintain muscle mass and burn fat. So I, I read a lot on that and that's how I kind of got to where I am. Um, with a lot of help from a lot of people along the way.
0: (laughs) Um, Who were some of those people? Was there like a mentor?
1: Yeah. So um, there's two, like, I started bodybuilding, you know, as well. Bodybuilding came about, it was always something I kind of wanted to do and get into, um, but I got divorced and then I was like, you know what? I'm getting in the best shape ever because, um, Running and exercising was always kind of like my meditation. And I was finding that I was like, you know, anybody who's been through a divorce knows it's it's not easy. And I was finding myself angry and just not happy. So I needed to have some kind of an outlet for that. So I started um, competing. And Chuck Norman and Matt Truck (laughs) were like, pivotal in that. um, I always uh, give all the, you know, thanks to Chuck. He's my first, you know, my first trainer. And I always say he kind of like brought me back because when I went to him, I was, you know, pretty, um, it was, it was pretty down. And, you know, every every single day I went to him. You know, you don't notice because you're when you're in it, but when you step back and look at it, you're like, wow, he really brought me back. Meaning, he every day he gave me something that gave me the energy to say, This is going to be okay. You're fine. You know, this is like a bump in the road. You'll be, you know, you'll be okay. And, um, and so through fitness, I was able to, I guess, bounce back from like, you know, a hard part of my life to the point where I didn't even notice the body changing. (laughs) I just really focused that, oh my God, the mind is changing. You know, the way I thought about myself was changing. And, you know, here we are two weeks out and he's like, wow, you know, you're ready, girl. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I was like, oh my God, I am. You know, so it was like almost like a shock because I wasn't really paying attention to it. I was just kind of like going through the motions of it. So it was very very eye opening, too, about, you know, and I tell my clients this a lot. What you think about yourself is reflected in your body, too. Um, So you got to think good things about yourself and good things about how you look because your body is going to go with you. You know when when we don't, and this is not just in physical appearance, but this is also in health. You know when we don't think really good things about ourselves, or we worry, or we're stressed, those manifest in you know physical ailments. Um, so the things we think are so powerful, and this goes back to the physics. You know, every thought is is energy. You know, the more strong, the stronger the thought, the more energy, meaning the more power it has. So that that energy can either be very positive or very negative. You know, if you're constantly thinking, "I'm not good at this," or "This won't happen," then it then it really won't, because you're putting a lot of energy behind that. And so I always say, you know, slowly change the conversation. Like, "This won't happen" is pretty it doesn't give you anywhere to go but this is taking its time to happen and i can see it turning that gives you a little hope and it automatically elevates how you feel and so um i'm a big proponent and you know thoughts becomes things i'm now i'm like all all about the meditation <laughs> you know but like i said all these things come full circle and um i you know part of the um, that that all came to fruition too when, in the middle of the divorce. You know, I found this book on my shelf and never read it um, because my mom gave it to me and it was called Conversations with God. And I thought, oh, this is some Catholic, like <laughs> quote unquote Jesus book. I did not want to deal with it. I was like, I wasn't like ready to go back down that road. But when I read it at that point, when I guess I needed it, It was not about that at all it was about more about the power of you and the power of your feelings and how god is inside of all of us and tapping into that and it was it just kind of like was the catalyst that started the whole journey about you know thoughts and meditation and finding your power and finding your purpose. And I know now I am here. Sorry, I'm, I don't even get choked about this. But I know now that I'm here to inspire. I'm here to help. Um, and I never thought I wanted to be a teacher in the, I guess, traditional sense. But I'm here to essentially teach and um I, I mean, I love
0: it. And think about how many people are changing because of you. That's powerful. Yeah. Wow. Well, what's one thing you do every day that makes you happy? One thing I do every day,
1: I, well, I do meditate every day, and that makes me happy. <laughs> it kind of makes, it calms, it, it, it creates a calming kind of like peace inside of me. Um, and I like to start my day off like that. But what makes, I mean, one of the things I love to do is make breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you start your day off right. You wake up, you know, I meditate, I have breakfast. You, you know, my, my mom always like, she always used to say, you can't start anything without a full stomach, you know, don't go into the world hungry. <laughs> so I, sure I make sure I eat breakfast every day. And this is, I, it's rare when I don't, but I eat breakfast every day. And I just think it sets you up, you know, I don't know, it sets you up to feel good and you're full. So you, you go in and into the world happy. I feel like when we're hungry, we don't go into the world that happy. <laughs> oh no, at <I> all. <laughs> <laughs> it could be a sad day it's right bad. but you eat you go into the world you're full and you're like sure you can cut me off it's okay like i'm good <laughs> i'm full right <laughs> so that's uh definitely one thing i would say to do
0: <laughs> okay well, how's your sleep how how many hours do you sleep every night um so i started tracking
1: that not so long ago maybe at the beginning of well the end of last year but my sleep is like uh six hours at the least. I like an eight hour sleep. Um, when you're doing any kind of athletic sport or even when you're not in order to heal the body, you need the rest. There's no way you could perform all out the next day, you know, in any kind of capacity if you didn't sleep the night before. Um, so I think that's very important. Um, and, you know, there's so many more studies on the power of sleep, especially for athletes and, you know, people who work out hard. Even if you're taking an hour workout class a day, you got to recover from that hour, you know, um, properly in order to perform the next day.
0: Yeah. Now, you wake up pretty early to instruct classes at Barry's, correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. So is there a student? in that 7am class that you're just like rooting for that you see them really putting in the work, making a change. Um, can you reflect on anyone that, Oh my gosh. Um,
1: that just kind of made me the clients that I work with at Barry's are, they're absolutely amazing. I, um, I've seen people come in and they're like, I don't think I can do this. And a year later, they're sprinting at 12s. You know, they're lifting heavier weights. Um, they absolutely inspire me every single day. There are days I don't want to go to the gym and I go in and teach class at Barry's and I see someone working extra hard. And I'm like, oh, I got girl, you got to get to the gym. You know, so I am... Continuously inspired by them. Um, I would have to, like, I could just call it, like, Ben, um, you know, he he's just amazing. His journey is amazing. Michelle, her journey is amazing to watch, you know, to be a part of. Um, and I'm so grateful for them to let me be a part of their journey. You know, how amazing is that where I get to sit kind of, like, on the sidelines you know, coach every now and then, but basically observe their journey. And it's amazing to watch. Um, some of my best friends here have come from berries, So it's, um, it's like definitely, you know, a, a family, extended family. I can't, I can't go anywhere without seeing someone from berries, which is, you know, <laughs> really amazing. I, um, the group of people that I, get to interact with on a daily basis. They're amazing. Yeah.
0: That's beautiful.
1: James. Oh, oh, I I can go on and on. Petra. They're amazing people. Summer. Oh my goodness. Um, They're amazing people. I'm so grateful to be a part of that community and a lot of my personal clients, my one-on-one clients have come from them and they are the most hardworking people that I know.
0: Yeah. Well, if someone was to take your Barry's class, what are some songs that are going to be on that playlist? Honey,
1: Beyonce, Beyonce, Beyonce. I tune the school a little more ratchet, so
0: love it, love it, love it.
1: So definitely, I play Beyonce. You know, we have Megan, we have Drake, but then I go real. I go back to Louisiana. So we, you know, we go Little Wayne. We even go Master P, Cash Money. So it depends.
0: I gonna, need to take this class. I'm you like, need come to come to take class.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I can come and do a pop up, girl. I could come and do a pop up. <laughs> <But>, um, <laughs> true. It's um, it's amazing that yeah, it's it's just so much fun. I always say when you come in, when you step into this room, think of it as stepping into my house, and we're gonna party. We're about to
0: party. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, you're also a chef, so what do you eat? typically before a workout or do you just work out fasted?
1: No, I don't. Um, I'll do fast. So, yeah. yeah. I'll do fasted yeah. cardio, but, um, and that's cardio first thing in the morning on an empty stomach. But I, before I lift, I eat. So, um, I am plant-based. So in the morning I usually do, um, oatmeal, hemp seeds, almond butter, um, and a little bit of uh, flax seeds as well. So that's usually my meal one. Before I work out, I'll probably do kind of like um, something with a little bit of carbs in it to fuel my workout. So I'll do like maybe a white rice um, or a brown rice, it depends on how I feel, with some, um, with like a bean medley and maybe some tofu in there, maybe not with a lot of veggies. And I'll eat that before I work out. And then I'll eat that, something similar after a workout, but because I'll stack the carbs. So your muscles is made up of glycogen. So I, you kind of almost need that, you know, that the carb energy before your workout, and then you need to replenish it after your workout. So that's how I'll stack that. And then um, usually before dinner, it's like um, mostly... Uh, uh, veggies i'll do like a huge salad or uh, i like those the chickpea pasta so i've kind of been incorporating that a little bit more and i'll make like um a pesto sauce to go with that with a lot of veggies but i eat often i eat maybe six times a day sometimes seven depending on what i'm doing
0: okay what does a plant based chef eat on a cheat day that's what i want to know vegan donuts (laughs)
1: from where donut friends in LA. Oh my God. They have these vegan stuffed donuts. They're amazing. They're the best. They're the best. Um, so that would be my cheat meal, but just like, um, but you know, that's kind of a drive for me, but just like kind of like a regular cheat meal. Um, it sounds simple, but I love popcorn.
0: (laughs) Okay. <laughs> so. Enough. Yeah. It's still sort of healthy if you don't put butter all over it. <laughs> yeah. I like the little popcorn.
1: I like a popcorn. Yeah.
0: Well, your skin is radiating all the time. I don't know if it's just because you're just a happy person, all the plants you're eating. But are there any beauty products that you think help with your skin? Oh, my gosh. Yes. Um,
1: I, well, one, I drink a lot of water. The other thing is I, um, I use baking soda. Um, and that's, I usually use baking soda kind of like as a scrub, but also because it absorbs um, oil that's the first thing. The second thing is for cleansing, I use a cleansing balm and I like Diptyque's cleansing balm. I've been using it for forever now and I just can't stop. It's like my favorite thing. Um, and so that's my cleansing balm. And then for like a shine in the morning. So after you do your lotion, I use this. It's like my little secret weapon. It's called Honeydew by like, like Glossier. And it's like, it get is like a little um, liquid, like kind of like shimmer, and I put it on everywhere. You don't need any makeup, which is good because I don't like to wear makeup and get sweaty when I'm teaching. So I just go out with that little shimmer, and girl, you know I get so many like, "Ooh, you look shine! Like you have like a glow today." Oh, what's that makeup? And I'm like, it's none. So I love that combination <laughs> of um products that I use. And like, I mean, bacon soda is like so cheap, right? Uh-huh. Super cheap. Right. So that's my secret weapons.
0: Love it. Okay. What about deodorant? It's a hot topic over here. What are you wearing?
1: Oh my gosh. I am wearing, wait one second. It's called cor- <laughs> Wait, no, it's okay. called chorus. It's like this. So girlfriend of mine sent it to me and, um, it's like, um, it's like a new all natural, Wait one second. I'm gonna run right to my bathroom. Okay. Two seconds. <laughs> all right, I'm back. It's yes. Yeah. So they have a lot of different um scents, and I love the rose one. It's all natural and it's called Corpus, C-O-R-P-U-S. And it's a natural deodorant. You can only order it online, and I'm obsessed.
0: Oh, okay. Thank you that for that. That is what too. I use.
1: And it works. Okay. I sweat all day. It works. Oh, good.
0: <laughs> it so Oh, good. That's another plus. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, when you hear the words pretty girls sweat, what do they mean to you?
1: Wow. When I hear the words pretty girl sweat, it means it's all encompassing. It means powerful women getting it done and whether that's in the boardroom or in the classroom sweating it out running lifting weights it just means to me you're getting things done girl awesome
0: well what's next for you um
1: (laughs) i don't know i the sky's the limit i guess um right now i'm i have these southern um desserts that i'm working on getting into a couple of um Stores here in LA, they are raw vegan desserts. They're all natural, but they're not only good, but they're good for you. And um, they have like different vitamin mineral call outs, which I think is um, important to educate the public as well. And there's Southern, des- there's Southern desserts that I reinvented and made raw vegan. So there's like a Southern banana pudding, there's a pecan pie, and then there's a sweet potato pie. And so um, it took me a while to kind of perfect those recipes. So now I'm kind of ready to kind of like introduce it to the masses. Oh,
0: that's so exciting. Yeah. I cannot wait <laughs> to excited. hear more about that. Yes. <laughs> I'm excited. But there's this. I'm excited for you. So this, I mean, my mouth is excited. <laughs> Everybody's excited about this. Um, what's one last thing or what looks some words of advice you would like to leave our listeners with today? Um,
1: I guess the, the one thing is, um, thoughts become things. So, you know, always trying to be mindful and conscious of your thoughts and your feelings. Um, you know, if I have a negative feeling, I don't try to cover it up. I say, wow, I, you know, I acknowledge it, I accept it and it passes. And I think, you know, we try to always put on these faces like, oh, this is perfect or this is all good. But sometimes it's way more powerful to acknowledge the feeling, you know, see it, notice it and let it go.
0: And that's Ingrid S. Clay. Be sure to follow her on Instagram at Ingrid S. Clay and visit her website, IngridSClay.com to learn more about her training sessions and her meal prepping services. Pretty Girl Sweat Fest Atlanta returns on Saturday, September 12, 2020. Grab your squad for the fourth annual Ultimate Sweat Sisterhood Festival. Register to receive exclusive access to inspiring trainers. With heart pumping workouts coupled with the dopest female DJs, you'll get a first class ticket to your favorite fitness trends and hit songs. When you're not sweating it out, you can rehydrate at our sip stations, refuel in our savor garden filled with deliciously healthy food trucks, refresh in our style lounge, and shop in our vendor village. Head on over to Pretty Girl slash pgsf to get your early bird tickets today. Just one more thing before you take off. Do you want to get a short email from Pretty Girl Sweat every Monday and Friday? that serves as a daily dose of all things inspiring and allows you priority access to our upcoming events. Just go to prettygirlsweat.com. That's pretty girls with an s sweat.com. Drop in your email and you'll get the very next one. And if you sign up, you'll soon discover that there's no hood like sisterhood. Until next time, always remember that good things come to those who sweat.